Hello, hello. So this week is quite a random topic again. I swear it's related to education in some way. Uh, I'd actually started because I wrote a blog post about it. It just came to me one day and I wrote it down because I'm doing a, a blog a day. It's um, also, if you're interested, it's on itsjoyoung.com. Uh, but basically, it talks about hard selling and my experiences with buying or trying to buy an e-bike recently. So without further ado, let's just jump into it. Hey everyone, welcome back. So today we're just going to continue this random topic theme. So last week it was supermarket scams and it seems very unrelated to education, but my brain managed to connect some dots and uh, it makes a lot more sense. So yes, we do talk about the scams that are in supermarkets today and ones you're probably falling for um, and, and then the scams in school and how students don't really know what they're in there for. So that was last week. This week, though, is about hard selling and the experiences that I had quite recently about me trying to find an e-bike to buy. <laughs> and if you know me, you know I love my bikes. I have a bike called Geraldine and I love her to bits, but I don't want to sweat that often. So <laughs> I want an e-bike. And so this day begins and I will explain how it relates to education, but my experiences begin with me going to this random store near my house and I, I walk in and I say, hi, I, I don't really know much about e-bikes, if anything. I've ridden it once, so uh, I would love if you could just explain what you have, um, explain the the like the e-bike world to me, prices, all of that. And he was great. So there were two experiences or two different stores I went to. The first one was great. He just explained them to me. He explained the models to me. There was no incentive to sell for him because he knew I was just confused. And he just said all the models, said, what's your budget? Uh, tell me what you're after. Tell me what your experiences with biking are. So I just gave him my whole life, my whole bike history. I've ridden Geraldine many times. I go up hills, down hills. I have gears, all of that. And he was really responsive. He just listened. And at the end, I, I basically, it was great. He just gave me these few bikes and said, try them out. So I went to the street and I was just zooming like up and down the street, back and forth, just trying to see if I liked them. He gave me as many models. He, uh, he said to me, the more you can trial them, the better, because then you can make a better informed decision and I know sort of what your preferences are. So he was super understanding and uh, <laughs> there was one time when I was speeding down the street and I saw a police car and I just went, oh, shit, uh, let me just uh, stop there. <laughs> so, so it was great. I come back into store. He says to me, if you don't know what you want, that is totally fine. I, I showed him some bikes on the internet that were much cheaper. And he just said, that's totally fine if you have some online that you're after. My prices are my prices. Uh, you, you don't have to buy this. And to be honest, you can take your time. So if you look at the online ones and you feel like they're not a good fit, then come back into my store and and, and I'll show you more bikes. Wholesome, wholesome experience. 
I left there feeling very happy. He was, he was a great man. So <laughs> the second store that I went into, this was right after. And, um, I go in and I've got more experience with the bikes now. And, uh, the first question I asked was, could you show me the collection that you have? And he immediately went into the hard sell. It was quite uh, a jarring, <laughs> to say the least, because I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting a hard sell off the cuff. I was at least expecting to have an introduction into the bikes and to just know more about them. Just know more about them, and then he could pitch what he thought would suit me best. But he went straight in, straight in for the kill, with that sales pitch voice that I wonder if you know this one, which is quite a loud, uh, I don't even know how to say it. I don't know how to describe it. It's that voice where you know someone wants you to do something and has not said it explicitly. <laughs> Whatever that tone is, he had it. And he was talking in a really loud, assertive voice and was already pitching a bike that was way out of my budget. It was $5,000 He was pitching 5000 to 6000 And I found that absurd because I was after something that was around the 2000 range, if anything. That was my, my budget. And he did not ask me any of that. He just went straight in for the kill, advertised this one bike. And during this all, actually, that's not how I say it. During all of this, I just felt like he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening to me and what, what what the customer wanted. And it just felt very strange because I felt like I was speaking to a to a wall because I, I would say, oh, but I'm not actually after that. And he would never actually ask me, what do you want? Like, what's your budget? What sort of experience with a bike do you have? Is there something in particular, like a function that you want? And he started to go on a tangent and explain things like mud guards to me, the, the the thing on the back of the bike which stops mud from spraying. And I just go in my head, I don't care. I, I don't care. This is not what I came in for. I don't care about mud guards and how they will protect my butt. I, I know that already. I'm after the features of the e-bike and stuff that I don't know. And the whole experience left me so, so frustrated. And, and you're probably wondering, Joe, how the hell does this relate back to education? And I know, it's a bit of a segue, but the, the major message of this episode is know who your customer is, or in the education side of things, know who your student is. Know who you're trying to pitch at or, or teach, because if you don't even take into consideration who that person is you're not going to go far. So in the first experience, I was super responsive. I felt cared for. I felt respected. In the second one, I completely dissociated. There was a point in time when I was still listening and going, okay, well, maybe he just hasn't heard what I'm saying and what my needs are. But he just went so far into that hard sell that I lost interest. And if we were to translate that to education into the school, if we don't know what the needs are of this individual student, what their particular situation is, what their learning style is, what their interests around the subject are, we're not going to reach them. They're going to dissociate and we're going to wonder why that they're not 
buying our bike or or learning the content. And all of this just started to piece together because I went, oh, okay, if my needs and wants aren't met by this bike seller, <laughs> I will just, I won't respond. I won't buy the bike. I won't do anything to do with them because I don't feel heard. And this relates so much back to the classroom because students won't try if they don't feel like they're heard, like their interests are met. And that's why so many students get bored is because their interests are a side thought. They're they're reserved for extracurricular activities. They're reserved for after school or recess or lunch. But they rarely get to do what they actually want to or actually need in class time. And so if we're expecting students to be responsive to learning, to actually enjoy learning, we, we really have to go away from that hard sell where we don't even ask what they want. We just go straight for the kill uh, and instead listen to them, ask them what they want, ask them what their interests are, and then work backwards. And I know this is amazing. <laughs> Joe, speak. Uh, amazing in theory, but in practice, it means a lot more effort. It means a lot more personalization. It means uh, having different resources for different students, which is, I mean, it should be the normal thing. I, I'm not going to lie. It should be normal. However, we've got so much standardization in schools right now that this stuff just isn't happening. So if we can personalize the experience, the school experience, the customer experience to the student, they're going to be responsive. They're actually going to do what the teacher wants them to do because it aligns with what they want. And they will go for that bike. They will learn things that interest them and that actually benefit them, which in turn benefits the teacher and benefits the education system with a student that's engaged and feels heard. That was a, a spiel. <laughs> uh, did that make sense at all? I, I uh, hope it did because I just went at it. I really went at it like that, you know, shop assistant. I left that store thinking, you know what? He's just lost a customer. <laughs> I, I didn't turn Sharon though. I didn't, or Karen. I didn't turn Karen because I just held it inside of me and just went, I won't even try. He's pitching this $5,000, $6,000 bike and I would have happily gone away with 2000 and he would have made 2000 instead of making no profit. So even if the first shop owner, the first store I went into, even if he sold a bike more expensive than the second store, I would gladly go to the first store because I felt like he was a great person, that he respected my needs and that he wasn't forcing something onto me that I didn't want. So... That is the end of this episode. If you're interested, I did write a blog post about this. This is how this podcast episode came to be, is because I wrote it on itsjoyoung.com, where I just have, I've been doing a blog a day for the past two weeks, I think. So I'm going to continue that. Some are garbage, some are great. <laughs> this one happens to be a great one. And I will see you next week. Bye.